Sharon. She was a trooper through all those city names. When I pulled that scripture up, I thought, uh-oh, somebody's going to be mad. <laughs> That's right, and I heard about it. We are continuing our We Are Witnesses sermon series today. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit of God is speaking into all of our hearts and strengthening the idea of what it means to be a witness to the gospel until all humanity hears. Today, our story takes a bit of a left turn as we hear the story of Lydia. Again, we are presented with a named woman in scripture. More than just her name, we know some other things about Lydia. We know that she is a professional woman. The story tells us that she is a dealer in fabrics, specifically purple fabric. And it always catches my eye the things that are included in the Bible. And I wondered why they would specifically tell us that it was a purple fabric that she dealt in. So I looked it up, and, and at that time, in order to dye the fabric that rich purple color, it was kind of a labor-intensive and difficult and even smelly job. And so I think that, that the scripture that was included in the scripture to communicate to us that Lydia was not just any woman. She was... She was a bit of a tough cookie. She could hang. She could do, do the things that would not necessarily be women's work at that time. We know that Lydia was a faithful person. Scripture says that she worshiped God. She was a believer, a God-fearer. Lydia was a bit of a mover and shaker in her community. Savvy enough to be a business person, wealthy enough to host Paul and his traveling companions, and she would go on to be a champion of the gospel as she would host a church in her home. Here in the story that we are reading today, we come upon Lydia, the seller of purple, at a pivotal moment in her life and in her discipleship. As she met and welcomed Paul and the others into the community, she heard them preach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the scriptures say that Lydia's heart was opened by God. Strange thought when you think that the scripture said that she was already a God-fearing person. She was already a God-worshipper. Why would God be opening her heart at that point? Wasn't it already open? But... The Wesleyan in us knows that your heart can never be too warmed or too opened. God works in these divine appointments, these moments where he calls us to something bigger, deeper, stronger. I said earlier that this was a pivotal moment in the discipleship of Lydia. God would soon be calling her to do new things, things which required great faith. God was speaking to Lydia, opening her heart, calling to her, instructing her, leading her, preparing her for what would come. Too often, we believe that our discipleship is settled in the moment when we realize that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but that's just the beginning, isn't it, friends? From that moment on that God calls us, rarely to comfort, into service, into love of one another, we will have these Lydia-type pit stops as we go along our faith journey, the road of our faith. 
these pit stops where God opens us up a bit further, softens our hearts, where God fills us with whatever knowledge or courage, whatever we need to move forward to the next phase of our calling. Lydia was on a pit stop. Paul and his friends came and met with her. They preached the gospel to her. They expanded her knowledge. Lydia soaked it all up like a sponge, taking in all of this new information, new knowledge, this new gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we see Lydia, not one to sit on the sidelines, the mover and shaker. We see her immediately put her new heart into action. Lydia moves from learner to doer immediately. She hears the stories of Jesus. Her heart is further open and she asks to be and is immediately baptized just in the way that Jesus taught us. Lydia immediately moved to draw herself closer to the Savior's example. God was talking Lydia was listening. The spirit was moving and Lydia was responding. Jesus modeled and Lydia reflected what she saw. And we begin to see immediate change because of the decisions made by Lydia. Because Lydia chose to hear and believe in Jesus Christ, her household did as well. Her household was changed as well. Where the head of the household goes... Where the decision maker goes, so goes the family. So goes the household. We see it all over in life. I looked up, if anybody ever looks at my Google history, they're going to be thoroughly confused. I Google the weirdest stuff. So this week I Googled how many NFL families there are, fathers and sons that play or coach, you know, people like the Mannings. Archie Payton and Eli Manning, generational NFL players. For Browns fans, it might be the Matthews. Braden, you know the Matthews, right? Clay and Clay and Casey. Bill and Stephen Belichick, father and son coaches. Howie, Chris, and Kyle Long. All you NFL people, these names should sound familiar. Names like Payton and Edmonds and Hasselbeck, Shula, and Rubisky. The list goes on and on in, in, in the NFL. When when your dad plays NFL football, football becomes the, the job of the family. Same thing happens in NASCAR, right? Same thing happens in Major League Baseball. We see these generational athletes. You know, I watched a video this week of um, Tiger Woods. They did a side-by-side -side of Tiger and his son, and their movements are almost identical. It's crazy. Where the head of household goes so goes the family. I looked up how many pairs of fathers and son played in the Major League Baseball in the MLB. And the listing contained 251 sets of fathers and sons. Some had multiple sons. 251 families made baseball the family business. That happens outside of sports, too, in the business world. We think of business families like the Walton family who started Walmart. A family started Aldi. Did anybody know that? I didn't know that. See, it's amazing the things that Google will tell you. Yeah, it's a, Aldi's is owned by the, the sons of the originator. Ford, Dell, and the Carnival Corporation. How come I couldn't be born into a family that owned a cruise line? What, how, do you, what, how does that work? 
Where the head of household goes, so goes the families. Generations of families are changed because of a single decision made by the head of the family, the head of the household. We have it in our own congregation, generational businesses. You know, I look at the Arnolds, started in generations up, and, and you know, the, there are, Brian takes Remy to work. And so we have generational businesses where the head of household goes, so goes the family. Where Lydia went, her family went. When she was baptized, they became baptized as well. One movement on Lydia's part translated into movement in her family. When her life was changed, their lives were changed. You see, that's the thing with our decisions in life. Our decisions create a ripple effect. You know, like when you throw a stone into a pond or a puddle and you see the ripples spread from that single moment. From that single moment of decision, when the rock hits the water, it ripples out and creates change. Sometimes we make changes that, that ripple out and affect our communities. Like I think of the mentoring programs in town. I think of things like souls in the sharing kitchen. When, when someone steps up to serve, it ripples out. I think of our Christian education. When someone steps up to teach, it ripples out into the community. We have decisions that will forever positively impact other people. When someone works for social justice, lives are impacted, the world is changed. On the flip side, when we make decisions that can negatively impact, we see generations of people who suffer in generational poverty, struggling to find their way out. We see generational battles with drugs and alcohol as the effects of addiction begins with one person and ripples out to affect countless others. Our families, our schools, our communities are all changed by single decisions that we make. For Lydia's family, this moment in her story, this moment where she chose to listen, hear, and then respond by taking action and being baptized would forever change the fabric of her family's story. In Lydia's future, she would become akin to a church planner. She would host a church in her home. Once again, her decision to act on God's call in her life would affect countless others as people came to know and love Jesus Christ. People would come to know Jesus because of Lydia's faithfulness, and the ripples would continue as those who were changed would go on to make decisions that would affect those around them. And the ripples would travel further and further out. But it all began in this singular moment where Lydia heard a call from God, a call to speak to Paul and his companions, to listen to their story of Jesus, to heed the call and allow her heart to be opened, and then to be baptized. And then her family was baptized. And the world would be forever changed because of her actions. Last week, we talked about the need to share our stories with other people. We talked about concerning ourselves with our circle of influence, those that we can directly affect. 
We talked about inviting our families to church or to a gathering hosted by the church. We talked about taking steps to break down the barriers that stand between the people we love and the Jesus who loves them. Those decisions, just like Lydia's decision to act, all have ripple effects. We are blessed in our church to have the Ramirez family. We are blessed to know Heidi and Anthony and to know that they have heard the call from God to raise their family within the church, and we are blessed that they are here at our church. And we know that the lives of their family members will be forever changed because of their relationship with God and the church. And today, we get to celebrate as Heidi and Anthony sponsor Jocelyn for baptism. A baptism she has been waiting for and asking for and talking about. We could not do this soon enough. And so today, she comes to the water. And just like Lydia, this moment in Jocelyn's life will have ripple effects. And I know that Jocelyn's faith will be deepened as a result of her decision to be baptized today. And it is her decision, her want, her need to come to the waters as Jesus did. And my prayer is that for generations, Jocelyn's family will be changed because of the ripples that start at this very moment. When the waters strike her, I pray that one day she will stand as a leader in her household and she will lead her family as faithfully as Lydia, the seller of purple. And I know she will be as fabulous. I pray that Jocelyn will always respond to the moments when God opens her heart. And I pray that she will faithfully move to follow wherever God is leading her. And in this moment, God is leading her to these waters. And so I invite Jocelyn and Heidi and Anthony, her sponsors, to come forward. If the choir would like to...